0: welcome to the subject composition and light photography podcast show notes links and contact details can be found at robnumphoto.com that's www.robnumphoto.com scl is a proud member of the tech podcast network and loads of other great tech podcasts can be found over at www.techpodcast.com now on with the show and light photography podcast. My name's Rob from roblandphoto.com and this is my little audio diary about my journey through the wonderful world of photography. Well, hi, everybody. Hope you've had a great week. The weather has finally changed here in the UK and it is incredibly warm as we move into the last couple of days of the Olympics, which have been absolutely brilliant as well with Team GB doing very, very well. But today is all about Photography. And for SCL 202, I thought I might revisit a subject that I'm pretty sure I've covered in the past, um, but I can't quite remember, and I've been back and looked at old shows. And um, it's been a while, I think, before I did, and that is the wonder of white balance. One of the things I've been doing recently is, because I've been so busy at work, and the weather previously was pretty rubbish as well, what I've been doing is... Um, taking lots of photos inside and one of the problems when you're taking color photographs inside is that there's lots of different light sources that can affect the look of your photos um, which kind of spoils the look of your photos as well and the way that you can address this is white balance because few things can affect the realism of your photos the pop the clarity more than a well chosen white balance and this can be applied to almost all digital cameras um, from compact right through to bridge to mirrorless and DSLRs. With film you don't have to worry about white balance too much because most of the films produced these days are um, daylight balanced which means that you know if you're shooting in difficult lighting conditions i.e. fluorescent lights you can't really buy fluorescent um, film anymore um, so it's kind of a bit of a moot point you've got to kind of live live with the colour cast there but back to digital then so if white balance is the solution you know, what's the problem the problem is that colour casts or different colour temperatures of scenes in different situations um, happen because our digital cameras see things they're that we don't always see. Um, cameras are very, very good at amplifying, if you like, differences in colour. Uh, a good example of that that you can try is if you get a white piece of paper and you look at it, say, underneath an ordinary tungsten bulb, you'll look at it and you think, that's a white piece of paper. If you were to then look at that piece of paper underneath a fluorescent tube, which is normally a little bit blue, you'd say, that's still a white piece of paper. Or if you were to go outside and it was a, a, a brilliant orange sunset, you'd still look at the piece of paper and say that's a white piece of paper, but the camera, the digital sensor, wouldn't see this. It would actually say, Well, actually, no, that 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 piece of paper is blue, or it's orange if you're underneath a tungsten light, or it's orange if you're outside. This you could say, well, does it really matter that much? Well, it can do. It can do. Imagine a person standing next to a blue wall, you know, and the lights bouncing off the wall and giving them their skin a blue color cast. You know, it wouldn't be very, very um, realistic. Um, and one of the things we tend to strive for in our photography is sometimes to make things realistic. And where this becomes very important is things about like product photography and advert. Imagine um, a photograph of, say, a Coca-Cola can, but it wasn't quite the right red, you know, or a um, tin of Heinz-Baked Beans and it wasn't the quite uh, quite right colour. You know, it wouldn't look quite right. And you'd go, mm, that's a bit off. And the same thing happens to our colour photographs. They're not quite right and the only time that you really notice this is when they're where they're spot on when you take a photo and you process it in such a way or shoot it in such a way where the color balance is correct and you'll look at it and you'll think wow yeah that that looks amazing um but you might not quite understand why you might even think oh it's because i got the exposure correct that might well be part of it but often if you get your white balance spot on you know, it, it creates this fantastic realism in your photos that you might not be able to put your finger on, but that's, that's the reason. Um, so to start off with, our cameras use something called auto white balance. So your camera looks at the scene, assesses how much grey is in it, how much colour, and then makes a decision. An auto white balance for most situations is really, really good, but it can be fooled. And one of the problems with auto white balance is that it's constantly changing the white balance of your photographs. So if you're taking a large number of photographs at once in a similar situation, say wedding photographs, subject photographs, um, or anything like that really. If you want to try and batch process them afterwards, in other words apply the same changes to all of them, you can't do it when it comes to white balance because every single one will have a different white balance. So that's why a good place to start in working with your white balance is to select one of the presets go for something like, um, well you could just choose the one that's right for the situation so maybe sunny, shade, cloudy tungsten, fluorescent or flash. One of the things that some people recommend is that, say when you're outside during the day, always use something like the shade white balance. Because this will do two things. It'll warm up your photographs a little bit, and generally we tend to like the look of warmer photographs rather than colder ones. And also it means that all your photos will have the same white balance applied. So that if you do want to do batch processing afterwards, you can apply the same white balance to all of them, to adjust them that way. And what you'll find is if you do start using things like um, the correct white balance in a particular situation, your colour photos will start to come to life as these colours become more realistic. Another further step is to use custom white balance. This is a little bit more tricky, but what you do, is and it depends on your camera how you do it, but for example on my Canon 350D, what you do is you take a piece of white piece a white piece of paper and you take a photograph of it and then you go into the settings and say right use this for the custom white balance and the camera will then adjust the color that it puts onto the photographs based on that white piece of paper so it's dead easy so then so when you're in a situation so for example i was taking some pictures in our um, in our lounge but and the light was very orange because there's lots of orangey stuff in there So I took a custom white balance with a piece of paper, took some photographs, and the colours were really good. Now, the problem with custom white balance is you've got to remember to turn it off or do another one if you go to a different situation. Otherwise, you'll have lots, you'll have the wrong white balance even worse than you had before. And that kind of comes back to the old wife checklist that we've used in the past you know where before you use your camera your camera you always check your white balance your iso your focus and your exposure and also remember that when you're using well any type of white balance that light changes fast you know if you're on a sunny day but there's lots of wind blowing and there's clouds in the sky the light can go from warm to cool to warm to cool as you go into shaded areas as well so if you want that perfect look you be prepared to do lots of custom white balances, So it doesn't always lend itself to fast shooting. And in that kind of situation, I would probably stick my white balance on um, on uh, cloudy or shade and, and live with that. So that kind of covers sort of outside photography and inside photography too, using the light that's already there. What about if you're using flash? How does that affect white balance? Well, flash... Um, strobes a daylight balance so the light that comes out of a flash is meant to be the same color as daylight so that's fine when you're outside but what happens if you want to use flash inside or alongside a different color of ambient light so imagine you're in a situation where you're taking a photograph of somebody indoors and you're using your flash maybe to fill there, fill them so that they're exposed nicely but then there's some tungsten lights around um, now the tungsten lights are going to be a bit orange aren't they but your flash is going to be a little bit cooler because it's daylight so how do you bring that all together because in your photograph you're going to have well what you'd end up with is if you balanced to the flash you know set the white balance to flash or auto the person's skin would look great but the background would be very very orange If you did it the other way and balanced to the tungsten, the flash would appear quite blue and it would cool down your subjects. It wouldn't look right. The answer is to balance the flash. And you do this by simply putting a colour filter across it. So if your ambient light is tungsten, like orange, you would use something like a filter. They're often referred to as gels. And you'd use something like a CTO, colour temperature orange. Put it across the front of your flash Set your flash to tung. Select your white balance to tungsten, and then everything would match. So your um, cut skin tones, your colours of your subject would be natural, and the background lights would look natural too. Now this is a, taking things a little bit far, a little bit far, a little bit advanced. And it's not something I'm that comfortable with, but it kind of gives you a little bit of taster of, um, of what you can do. Now. So far, I've discussed how you can use white balance to collect, color ca- collect correct colour casts. Um, but it's also great fun to dial in the wrong white balance to add interesting effects to your photos. You know, when you're outside on a sunny day, use the fluorescent white balance. And it'll add real blue, especially to people. They can look really, really cool. Or, when you're underneath artificial light uh, tubes, try tungsten. See what happens. Um, It gives you a real low-mo look to your photographs. It's also worth mentioning the role of shooting RAW versus JPEG. You know, the way in which your camera saves the photos. If you're going to be playing around a lot with the white balance, or the exposure of your photographs, RAW format can be very, very good. Because what it does is it gives you lots of elbow room to shift the white balance around without affecting the quality of the file. Whereas JPEG, because it uses a bit of compression... You don't quite get that, you know. Your photo can start to degrade. But saying that, you know, I haven't shot RAW for a long time because I just can't be bothered with the extra hassle of having to to process the RAW files. I'd rather just shoot JPEG and try and get it right first. And to be honest, you know, even if you do adjust the white balance in um, post, if as long as you're shooting at the highest quality of white of JPEG, I don't think it really matters. Unless of course you're shooting stock photography or something like that, where you've got to get it bang on. So there we go, white balance. It's an incredible tool for giving your photographs realistic colour. And it's a technique that you can do in camera and one that will really make your colour photos pop. So why not you know the next time you're taking photographs inside, you know, get that white piece of paper out. Take a custom white balance before you start shooting and see what happens. You might be really, really pl- pleasantly surprised. Okay, that's it from me for this week. Um, I'd like to thank everybody on the Flickr group for taking part. Some really great work going in there. Thanks very much. Remember, you can join Flickr for free. Just go over to com. go to the right sidebar. And there's a link there. Thanks to Everyday Jones, who do the intro and outro music. But most of all, thanks to you for downloading and listening to the podcast. My name's Rob from RobNoFarrow.com and hopefully pretty soon I'll see you on Flickr.